Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome all back to Soli Talks. Good evening, good morning, <clears throat> good afternoon to you all again. Uh, this is your uh, co-host, RevX, a.k.a. Lefty, a.k.a. The Professor. And this is Jasmine. Um, you can go ahead and follow our Instagram. That's at S-O-U-L-E-Y dot T-A-L-K-S. You can reach out to us um, through our email, which is S-O-U-L-E-Y dot T-A-L-K-S at gmail.com. You can also follow RevX at her personal account. That's underscore R-V, R-E-V-X underscore underscore. And you can follow me at my personal account. That's what about Jasmine underscore. And welcome to our episode three, part two. So we have a really quick <clears throat> announcements before we jump in. Uh, tomorrow is September 3rd, and we'll be out in Oakland um, near Fairyland, near, um, you know, at the Lake Merritt, where we, with the Queer Art Center, uh, painting a mural. So if you guys are down, you guys want to go, come check it out. We'll be there, like, in the morning, so... We'll be there hanging out and stuff, so come check out and kick it with us. And again, that's with the QueerArtCenter.com. You can actually sign up to volunteer to paint the mural. They have different time slots, so you just, like, put in your time slot. And then, of course, September 4th is Oakland Pride with up fam. So we'll be out there hanging out with the fam fam, too. So come check us out. Come say hi, take pictures, all that jazzy stuff. Okay, so just a recap. We did episode two, which we got a lot of um, feedback when we were talking about trauma, PTSD, CPTSD, and um, stuff like that. Then we extended it to a third episode where we went more in depth uh, of with um, uh, borderline with well, personality disorders and traumas and. Um, how to cope, thrive, and survive. Uh, we fit, we ended episode three with more, ending it with more coping. Episode three today, um, well, yeah, episode three, part two, that's what we're doing today. It's going to be more focusing on coping, surviving, and thriving. Um, and a lot of people like to focus on the hurt, the pain, the trauma. It's nice, it's awesome, and, it, and it, you know, it's excitement, and it gives a good story. At the end of the day, um, that story can get old if you keep repeating the same thing over and over again, but you've done nothing to it, for it, about it, or done anything to um, move forward or move in any direction. So you just seem stagnated. Um stagnated on ruminating on the same thing um and one thing that's important is um healing requires hurting and growing requires going through that stuff and when you face your demons and decide that you know this pain isn't going to control me anymore you can release its power that it has over you. You guys have to understand that no matter what is done to you, that's the more you ruminate, the more you dwell on it, the more you harp on it, all you're doing is 
giving that pain, that person, that time, power over you, your spirit, your mind, your body, your soul. You have to understand you have the power to be the change you want to be, that you want to see in the world. You know, you have the power to make a difference in your life and in people's lives and make a world a better place by illustrating these strengths and energies in a positive way and distributing them in a positive way, learning from the pain and the hurt and and becoming something bigger. Um, we have to understand that that rumination, that which is mean you're constantly thinking about the same thing over and over, that's making you stagnated in that uh, in that moment that occurred. It's called dysfunctional rumination, and dysfunctional rumination is a sign of dysregulation, and also can point out a history of attachment trauma. So, whether we choose to or not, we all have attachment to trauma. We all are going through something. We all are suffering in some type of way. Um, so what we want to do is not give in to those, try not to give in to those traumas as hard as, as hard as it is. And this section where we looking at, um, coping, what does coping look like? Um, what are pathways that can be taken? Because you have your trauma and abuse that of course, that's the moment in time or, 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 uh, chronicle moments in time. If you have more than one trauma of abuse, then you have your sense of the triggers that are carried with it because, you know, that's what's happened to your scars. And then you get, most people are fortunate enough to get to the survival stage. Now, in this stage, you have two roads to choose from. Here, you've already had the consequences of your suffering from the traumas that you experience, which is your PTSD, CPTSD, uh, trauma from narcissism, trauma from physical abuse, any type of other type of traumas and abuse. And from there, you have two roads to take. You can actually choose to thrive, and that means it's a hard, long road. You have to figure out how, what is thriving? How do I thrive? How do I move forward? Which is an everyday effort. Or you can choose to die. And people die in many ways. You don't always have to lose your life to die. You can lose it to uh, drugs, alcohol. You can lose it to having, you know, meaningless casual interactions with people that tear your soul down every time. Um, You can do a lot of things to kill yourself. So, um, speaking from personal experience, I spent a chunk of my life trying to kill myself after... Uh, traumas that I suffered and so um, still here so I have to make a different decision so I'm choosing I've chosen to thrive and I spent the last uh, seven eight years or so uh, trying to thrive and it's still an ongoing effort it's hard even reading some of these things and and researching the stuff that I'm researching to share, it's still hard for me to grasp gather and swallow but it's not about being emotional we have to get out of that emotional state, get out of our ego, get out of our pride, and don't let shame stop you from having a life. Um, What's happened to you has happened to you. It's validated. You don't need anyone to validate it for you. It's happened. It's your experience. It's your story. Um, But with our story, all of our stories, because we all have our own traumas, we all suffer and have suffered in different ways, With all of our stories, how can we use our stories 
to create a thriving ending or or a continuance. You know what I mean? Um, so that's why I want to focus this part on just on just coping, coping, um, surviving, and what what thriving. Is. Jasmine has a few things she wants to go over. She wants to go over the five types of coping skills. Yeah, um, I know there's many different coping skills that people um, like do and create, but um, it's kind of more, uh, I guess here's a list of them. So there's problem-focused, which will be like, actually evaluating the situation that you're in, right? And um, there's emotion-focused, social support, religious coping, and um, meaning-making, like you're, I guess, trying to answer your questions. But let's circle go, back. Yeah, We can go through each one. So problem-focused means that you're focusing on evaluating the whole issue to see what's going on and what's happening. And seeing what can I do, how can I, how can I make the situation better, or is there anything that I can do? If there's nothing that you can do, then you have options. The second one, Jasmine went over, was emotion focus. So it's evaluating what emotion am I feeling, and how can I, with emotional discipline handle it so if I'm feeling angry do I just start swinging my hands and start cursing and cussing or can I find a better coping skill that will eliminate that hostile behavior especially if it's expected especially if you're being triggered by other people narcissists like to trigger you into arguing and fighting and debating about your own rights and your feelings and emotions which that's nothing to, you know, you don't have to do any of that kind of stuff. Um, you need some, you know, just to be able to self-regulate yourself. To know, like, okay, I'm angry, I'm upset. What do I do when I'm angry and upset? I'm scared. I'm, you know, whatever emotions you're feeling. What what do I do when I'm feeling these? Then you can go into social support. Social support, meaning, like, if I'm upset and mad, do I have someone that I could talk to? If I feel hurt, if I feel alienated, if I feel ostracized, if something is actually happening, do I have someone that I could go to or a social group or a program? You know, you have like the LBGT center and stuff like that that reaches out. Um, also, we have like crisis lines, suicide um, uh, helplines and stuff like that. So there's all kinds of social supports that are out there. For those people who are religious, they turn to their church and that's the religious coping. And a lot of people will go to their church and ask their pastor, their priest, their, I'm not sure what they're all called, but they're, you know, they're the person that runs their, their religious area or their religious, uh, um, sector, I guess. Um, they go to them, they turn to whatever, whoever they pray to. And then also you have the last one, meaning making, trying to make sense of things. And this, I wouldn't go to deep in doing it only because sometimes some things don't have answers and something times those answers you don't are best not known so I would say with these coping skills I would you know 
do within reason and do what fits you, what works for you. And then there's different strategies to handle, you know, when you're, you're handle to go with your skills. So you can choose if you get upset, you can choose to avoid, you can choose to change the situation. You can choose to accept it and just let let it happen, which that's not something you want to do. Um, you don't want to just accept it because um, then people just run over you. Or you can just adapt. And how would you adapt? Um, you can turn everything into a joke. You could uh, turn the, the answer question around, turn the situation around. Um, a lot of times the most, I think the best strategy would be just to either avoid the individual or person or just change you know, if you don't have to be there, don't be there. If you don't, you have to enter, entertain or engage, don't. Um, I have an aunt that is just, you know, as as smart as she is, as as a, as good as a woman she tries, you know, to portray herself to be. Um, she told me like to kill myself. She wanted she she, it, it happened. So I'm. My my reaction to that is, first of all, what family member would actually say something like that? Two, you're supposed to be religious and you, th- and you claim you believe in God and, and you, you can recite every scripture to manipulate and, and turn things around, but you're out here looking and acting like a wolf in sheep's clothing. The thing is, is that my family knows how dark this woman is and how hurt this woman is, but no one says anything to her. Everyone worries about her feelings, but... Who's worrying about everyone else's feelings when she's going around hitting people's kids and being rude and talking mess about everyone, just causing destruction everywhere she goes? And then you're going to tell your niece that you know nothing about, you don't talk to, you don't celebrate, you have a problem with to kill herself and you think that's the best thing to tell someone when they're not in the best space to accept something like that, to be able to handle something like that, given the knowledge of my history of traumas that her sister, my mother, have um, done to me. You know what I mean? With all the abuse, the stomping, both my parents. You know these things, but this is how you carry on. I mean, she does the same thing with her own kids. So to to actually be offended by her, be upset, just is is remedial. So I can sit there and regress back to a child and how I felt when she was ugly to me as a child and how my parents were as ch- when I was a child. Or I can be the 36-year-old woman that I am and figure out, okay, let me evaluate the situation. Start utilizing my coping skills. What person in their right mind, especially if you're a family member, goes out of the way to go tell another family member to kill themselves? Someone who's actually stupid hurt. You know what I mean? Absolutely hurt. Someone who has an inferiority complex. Someone who feels little, small. Mind you, this woman has an Ivy League education. She speaks two languages. She's an overachiever. That tells you more than enough about this woman when you want to dissect her. She's single. She comes from a chain of abuse. She had a husband that used to beat her. So... What are you doing? Just just by the little content that I've said, you can see how you, all these uh, trauma and behaviors are recycled. So when you're talking to me and telling me to kill myself, what are you telling me actually? How do you feel about yourself? You know what I mean? 
Because if you don't spend any time with me, how can you talk to me or tell me anything other than that? How are you so angry with me if you don't talk to me? How does my presence bring so much anger to you? You see what I'm saying? So if you step outside yourself and evaluate the whole situation, not your situation, you will see a broader perspective, a 9 and a 10, just like you know, in elementary school, hurt people hurt people. So some, uh, we have a lot of the people have hurt her. So my auntie feels like it's okay to hurt me and cast that on other family members as well. Rather than being the mature woman and actually correcting yourself, evaluating yourself, self-regulating your behaviors. Looking at yourself, whether you like it or not, hey, this is what I'm doing, it's not okay. Because I find it funny and it makes people who are skeptical or leery about religion not want to go in religion when you have sheeps and you know sheeps in wolf's clothing just sitting around waiting to jump and prowl. So with her, I have to evaluate. You're a hurt person speaking speaking ugly. So what would what would be my alternative? What strategy can I use? I can curse you, but what am I going to do? But besides stress myself out, raise my blood pressure, and give you satisfaction because now you just validated every reason why you had to come out of pocket for no reason. No, 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 guys. We don't do that. You know what I did? I let her know. Don't talk to me anymore. We don't need to talk unless we absolutely have to. And you never talk to me, so we never, we'll never have an issue again. Simple as that. And I haven't spoken to her since. The narcissist that she is, the guilt that she has, because when narcissists, they're very, very scared of their bravado being broken down. They spend years building up a fake wall and a fake mural for people to see. Look at me, look at me, look at me. When you go go behind that wall, there's nothing supporting it. There's trash and garbage in there. But their image, their self-image is so important. So what I like to do is put those narcissists on a pedestal with the lights on so people can see who they are, what they are, and watch them squirm, stutter, and act silly. So why do I need to go out of my way to be ugly and mean and take in your negativity when I can just sage Palo Santo, get some crystals out, and actually pray for you and make sure that your heart finds a, finds a better way? You, I mean, there's enough hurt in this world, enough negativity in the world, you don't need to add to it. I mean, each each one of us are suffering. Each one of us feels something, uh, some type of pain, some type of way. Why would you want to inflict that on other people? Why would you want everyone to share that? You know what I mean? It's negative. It's ugly. It's tacky. But no, that's my auntie. And if you don't learn... You'll learn someday when everyone starts following in line and stops talking to her, stops being around her. When you realize your funeral is pretty empty. You know what I mean? The things that you do, the things you, you've done, you have to answer to. So whatever afterlife you believe in, you're going to have to answer to someone asking you, did you bring joy into someone's life? And did you find joy for yourself? And if you found neither, that determines where your soul's going to go, where you're going to go in the, in the transitional period in your afterlife. So people are sitting here wondering and putting up all this bravado when you have something else to answer to, guys. 
So you can sit here and pretend and fake all you want. You know what I mean? Your God, your Jesus, whatever you pray to doesn't want pretenders. They want people on the up and up. You can't go there with your Quran, with your Bible, whatever religious material that you have with a $50 bill on the back and an exceptions list. Let's be real, guys. So if you're about your religion or your spirituality, whatever that case is, be about it. Because you have something to answer. You don't play with these spirits. Don't play with people and their emotions. People are human beings. They feel. And instead of all constantly reacting with emotion, ego, and pride, how about we react with a little bit of love and a little bit of compassion? And that means instead of returning fire, how about embracing this individual and understanding this person's hurt? Let me see how I can help this individual. Because I guarantee you, if you lower your voice, soften your tone, give, your, give a little bit of empathy, people people's behaviors will change. And if they don't change, then you can, you know, not even talk to them. You can avoid them. Um, we need to learn to be more proactive instead of reactive. We need to focus on being preventative and instead of being and in the, and preventative and focus on being present. Focus on what's going on, what's happening. The minute you start feeling emotion, emotions come and go, guys. You have to understand that. Emotions come and go. So you have to be able to self-regulate that to understand this is an emotion. This person got me upset, but I'm not going to let you take over my whole body and spirit where I can kick kick you, you know, tear you down and do some kind of crazy stuff. Like, for instance, where me and Jasmine live, we are surrounded by straight men, straight cis men, their families and stuff. All these men have their families. They have everything in their house, yet they watch, stalk, and follow me and Jasmine around. The minute we open the door, they chase us down. They have cameras all over the place watching us and following us. We have to have cameras at our door because they've tried to open the door or try to come into our window. Um, we have service dogs that we have here that are constantly barking at them. So what does this tell you? Should I get upset? Should I get mad? That tells you a lot about these individuals and what's going on in their home. Like people speak to you in so many ways. They don't have to curse you or tell you, hey, I'm depressed, I'm sad. That just alone tells you what's going on, the fact that we have to go through harassments on a regular basis from men, too, just because what? You know what I mean? Again, coping skills. Jasmine, you want to add to this? Um, yeah, I um, I, would, I wanted to kind of, like, differentiate between, like, a self-care and coping skills so I feel like coping skills is more like in the moment right like because you're going through a situation and you have to figure out how to navigate your way out to feel better and um like Natalia was saying it's it's more of a um proactive reactive situation they're learned responses and reactions to triggers and traumas that may present themselves. Right. And, um, and like, if you have to step outside of yourself and kind of take, you have to take care of yourself. So self-care is something that's, um, preventative. Self-care, I would say, is like a healthy selfishness. 
So it's like, it's okay to cancel a plan, right? It's okay to say no. If you are tired and you don't feel like going out, you don't have to go out. If you, if, if some guy talks to you in the bar and you don't like him, you don't care for him, it's okay to say no and no thank you. And it's okay for him to be upset and say, fuck you and you're a bitch. You don't have to react to it. That tells you he's upset and he's been getting rejected more often than not. And he's speaking out of frustration. That goes to anyone. So it's okay to be like, I need to take time for myself. I need to go read. I'm going to go away for the weekend. I'm going to take myself out to the movies. All these things are are, self-care, self-love. Doing things for yourself so you don't get away from yourself, especially when you're in a relationship. Relationships tend to, you split you where you're just the relationship and then you forget who you are. You always want to be who you are and then the relationship is second because that you don't know that relationship is going to last or not and if it's not going to last you don't want to be lost your identity to be lost with that relationship that you had then you have to spend time months trying to figure out who you are again because you lost yourself in somebody yeah and we'll be touching on relationships in our next episode so that'll be a nice hefty one as well um, and I, I feel like this coping just brings back to our first episode, which is like boundaries. It just kind of circles back to creating those safe boundaries for yourself. What makes you feel safe? It's okay for you to feel safe. It's okay for you to have accommodations for yourself. It's okay if you don't want people around you. It's okay to be in a room and not have anyone around you. It's okay to stay home by yourself instead of go out with your friends. It's okay to read that book. It's okay to start that job. It's okay to go ahead and ask for that raise. You're an adult. Go ahead and ask for that raise. It's okay to state your um, your valuable assets for a job. It's, it's okay to to take that risk. It's okay to take that chance, take that step. Um, it's, it's just okay. Just to know it's okay to not know what to do right now. But start with yourself. It's okay to feel a little lost with yourself, but start with yourself. Start with your likes. What do you like to do? If you don't know what you like to do, then you better start figuring it out and spending some time with yourself. Go on a walk on the beach and see what you like. Go on a hike and see if you like the hike. I don't like this hike. Then guess what? You just found out something about yourself. Get in relationship with them. Have an intimacy with yourself. And that's not masturbating, guys. Not everything is sex. Get intimate with yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror, you know? Look at look at your attitudes, look at your eyes, look at your nose, look at your ears. All these things come together, make a beautiful face, make a beautiful person. Look at your arms, look at your elbows, look at your fingers. Look at your breasts, look at your chest, look at your stomach. You know what I mean? Look at your butt, look at your penis, look at your vagina, look at your legs, look at your knees. Look at every inch of yourself and look at everything that makes up you. Love those elbows. Love those knobby knees. Love your bow-legged legs. You know what I mean? Love that sixth toe. All these things are you. There's nothing else that's going to be like you. These, There's no other elbow like your elbow. You understand what I'm saying? There's no other lips like your lips. So you need to understand that this is who you are and be okay with who you are and what components make up you.
And these are the beginnings of self-love and self-care. Take a shower and, and spend some spend an extra two minutes in there, you know, making sure your body's clean, letting the feeling the water, just staying present, just feeling everything, the water cut, the, the caressing your body and stuff like that. Like just learn to love you, learn to accept it's okay to be me, it's okay to feel this way, it's okay to think this way, it's okay to say the things that I'm saying, of, of course, as long as they're respectful. Wow, that's, that's really beautiful because, like, you don't take the time to look at yourself. I feel like you're always trying to, like, especially when you're coping and surviving and thriving, like, you're just trying to be okay. And I think what Natalia was saying is taking the time to look at yourself and reevaluate yourself and learn to love yourself. That's so important. And I'm going to be doing that <laughs> moving forward myself now. It's a lot of people don't see how hard it is to look at themselves in the mirror. It's different when you're checking to make sure your hair is done and you walk out the door, but to look at yourself in the mirror and let your eyes reflect back on you, not in vanity with an observation and be able to see what you see. Some people can't stand what they see. When I was a kid, I stayed in the dark because I hated the looking in the mirror. I hated what I saw because what my parents told me. Told me all the time I was ugly, I was fat. They would point out my attributes, eyes, ears, nose, and start no telling me how they're ugly or dysfunctional and there's a problem with them. Constantly badgering me badgering me about my appearance. So eight, nine years old, I hated looking in the mirror. I didn't want to look at the mirror. Even as an adult I cover my mirrors up. Even as an adult, you know, I shower in the dark. I don't like looking at the mirrors. So when I'm telling you to be able to do something like that it can be hard for people right and that totally makes sense so being able to accept yourself is a big thing being able to love yourself is the same thing even when it comes to people coming out you know about their sexuality coming out to yourself is the hardest thing because you have to accept yourself you have to go outside and and show up for the world because people are either going to accept you or not and you have to accept cope yourself. with that and if you can't accept yourself you can't love yourself then you're literally showing and telling people how not to accept you not to love you not to deal with you so you want to be able to love you know what you bring to the table not just say i bring this know what I bring to the table. No, I'm a lover. I have a big heart. All I want to do is just hold somebody. I want to walk with someone. I want to I want to go on trips. I want to do this. That doesn't make you a weirdo because you know what you want to do with another person. That's good. Most people don't. A lot of people don't take the time to look at themselves or evaluate themselves. They're too busy waiting for validation. 
and approval. When you need, the only approval you need is yourself. As hard as it is to say and accept. Throwing out some life coach speech, and I think it's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's really hard to evaluate yourself, and I'm just really reiterating what you're saying because, well, Jasmine, if no one knows, me and Jasmine are actually um, together. So why don't you speak on your experience living with me and my traumas and triggers that you know of? What's it like? What did you experience? What did you see? What did you witness? Okay. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't really experienced a lot of trauma myself in my life. So coming together with you and seeing how your family treats you it's just it's it's really sad and then like I truly didn't understand the severity of it until um maybe till we moved up to the bay area that was like two years into our relationship and that was when we moved closer to your mom and that's when I really noticed that you're insomnia like your all your triggers were starting to be exposed because I feel like we were coming closer back to the person that gave you those traumas and your insomnia like it I found it so bizarre because I, I don't have a problem with sleeping myself but seeing you up at midnight only getting two three hours of rest and me waking up in the middle of the night and you're awake it's it's alarming it's and like it trauma really affects how you are as an adult and you have an everyday fight to to be better for yourself and do better for yourself and you are um one thing that kind of <laughs> shook me was one night um, I, I'm a, a night owl, so I stay up kind of late and Natalia would fall asleep early cause she's so exhausted from not getting sleep. So she'll get her two, three hours of sleep, but I'm sitting there watching TV. She gets up <laughs> and, um, she's just walking around. She's, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to communicate with her and she's not engaging back with me, which I, I found it so bizarre. I was like, what is happening? I, I, I've only experienced this one other time in my life, and that was when my sister was doing this. But seeing this as an adult woman, it's it's alarming watching your partner get up and not communicate back with you. It's almost as she's in a daze. So she's sleepwalking at this point. And um, I, I just kind of tried to redirect her and help her back into the into bed. Um... And then she wakes up and uh, I, I was telling her about her sleepwalking and she's explained to me that she had never done it or she hasn't done it um, in years. And the other time before that was when she was in another stressful situation. Um, I think that was with your ex, I believe, was the last time you sleptwalked. 
I can't remember. Yeah. I, yeah. I, that situation wasn't stressed. I don't know why I walked out the house, but I slept walked out the house and oh. drove the car. Yeah. Driving a car while you're asleep is not recommended. <laughs> no, don't do no. it. No. <laughs> um, Hide your keys. <laughs> Hide your keys. <laughs> Make sure you can find it at a later time, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> um, but yeah, seeing seeing her fluctuate through these triggers as um, we're close to the person that caused her torment and trauma throughout her childhood, um, it's it's sad, it's scary, but it's also beautiful being able to see you come out of it and um, like your ability to to recognize. I don't want to be a martyr. No, I don't no, want to be a martyr. I'm not, I do, I'm but just, you're doing better, and that's what's different. I don't different. want to be a martyr for anything. I just want your perspective, your experience, what you've seen, what you've witnessed. I'm not trying to be a martyr for anything. I'm not a victim of anything. It's just the point of our um, talk is that there is what's like your experience and thriving. I don't want anyone to see this or hear this and think like, oh, these girls are just talking mess. These are actual things that have happened, things that we both have experienced and and we're trying to use what we're experiencing to convey truth and knowledge to people. So I want them to be able to understand knowledge, not a story. This is not, you know, this is not Hollywood. I want truth. I want raw emotion like how do you feel what's going on so you've seen my panic attacks you've seen the p the reaction to cptsd yeah i do i've been diagnosed with insomnia when i was uh 17 i was diagnosed with cptsd when i was 17 as well because i was uh had a chronic issue with cutting myself um i suffered through like uh lots of weight loss obviously chronic depression uh even my uh, my nephews witnessed it where they see me just randomly just start shaking and having your panic attack and panic, um, panic attack it'll be like a normal situation so it's not even something that i'm even aware is being triggered it's like subconscious triggers and that's where the cptsd comes in and that again that's complex cptsd meaning you've suffered and experienced more than one trauma to the extent that the traumas are even coming subconsciously so someone, you can hear a voice, it could be a smell, it could be anything. And the times where I get the panic attacks, most of the time I don't know where they're coming from or I don't know what I'm remembering. And uh, I do have a history of sleepwalking. I used to sleepwalk when I was a child. The first time I attempted suicide, I slept walking to a noose <clears throat> that somehow I didn't know how I made, but made. Um, but I woke up with a, with a noose around my neck. I was like eight, nine years old. Um, and, and then, like, as an adult, yeah, it was after I had broken up with an ex, with an ex partner of mine. And I honestly don't know what happened. I don't know what, pro- what provoked it because I was hanging out with my roommate at that time. And um, I, I even asked him what happened. He told me he didn't know. One minute I was okay. I dozed off on the couch and then I got up and walked out the house and left everything open. My room, I left my dog, everything open. And um, I drove 30 minutes to my ex's house and um, she couldn't even talk to me. She didn't know what was going on. Her family apparently was scared. They thought I was, uh, they were traditional 
Mexican. So they thought I was possessed. And um, I woke up in her bedroom. At first it was like pitch dark and I didn't know. And I was like, what are you doing in my room? Like we're not even like we were completely broken up. So it was completely weird. So um, I ended up waking up and I was like, oh my God, my car went outside. Cars parked outside perfectly. I didn't remember anything. I asked her what happened, what was going on. She told me I was just knocking at the door. And I just walked in the house and laid down in her bed. Like, it's completely bizarre. And I've never been in her room in her parents' house. So that was, like, completely bizarre. Um, so these are things that are actually... Um, happening. That actually happen. So when I ask you about, like, your experience, I just want your experience. I don't want to... I don't want to be martyred for anything because the point is not being martyred or anything. The point is the issues and, and how we can fix them. And, and um, I'm still, like I said, I, what I'm saying is based on what I'm doing. And this is still all just a work in progress. These are just things. That's why I'm not going based on what is written down because not all... A lot of it's written at a point of view of people with no experience of trauma and what you're actually going through, what's happening. So things that I'm saying, I, these are things that I I wish somebody would have told me or guided me or said something to me. I see. Yeah. I mean, being with you and seeing how you're your traumas and your triggers and it's you know it's hard it's hard to watch your partner go through this and the only thing that you can do is be a support and for instance like Natalia was saying that she um doesn't like looking in the mirror and I I love having mirrors around the house and I don't know, I just, I feel like it brings a lot of light into the house, and um, I understand that her reasons behind not wanting to look in the mirror because of um, what her parents said her self-image was, and so we do cover the the mirrors in the house. I don't have a problem with it because I can just simply uncover it when I want to look. It's no issue. And um, having the house dark, I I don't have a problem with that because I can just simply turn on the light when I need to and ask her if she's comfortable with it. It's all about, I don't know, a compromise. I want her to feel safe. And seeing that she wasn't safe in her childhood, it's sad. So the point is trying to live like a healthy existence and it's like even though you it's a everyday battle to try to an everyday battle to um, regain some type of normalcy whatever that is um, that's what we're working towards that's the goal that we're trying to do to fit with beginning with our physical health our mental health and our spiritual health. So, your physical health, like, I exercise every day. If I didn't, I'd probably go crazy. <laughs> um, your mental health, I read. 
I make sure I consume healthy foods. Um, for all those who don't know, I'm vegan vegetarian. So I consume a lot of healthy foods as much as possible. And for spiritual health, I'm more I'm spiritual, not religious. So I do believe in energies and, and, and synchronicity and all that good stuff. Um, I do believe that we are our own gods and we can make and manifest our own heaven and hell. So, and I'm, I'm testing it on myself so we can see how it goes. Um, I don't know if I'm doing well or not. I just, I don't know if I'm doing progress. I just know if, hopefully if I meet the goals I set for myself, which I, my, my attempts are to reach these goals. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't not be able to reach the goals, but reach the goals I set for myself, then, um, everything else should fall in place. So if you ask me what happy is, what, uh, contentment is, I don't know. I just, I don't want any violence. That's no war, no issues, no problems. Um, okay. So pretty much at the end of the day, when you're coping, surviving and thriving, it takes work and it's every day. It's not just Sundays and you, you don't get to take time off sometimes. So I think that's probably the end of our episode three, part two, coping, surviving and thriving. Yeah, I think um, a lot of things were covered and how to take care of yourself. And if you don't know how to do that, it's basically starting with you, yourself. And um, I'm, I'm sure um, the coping, surviving, and thriving will come up in our later episodes. Um, just because it is everyday work in progress for yourself and learning how to be. And play these episodes over and over again, one, two, and three. Um, play them over and over as much as you need to. Uh, continue writing to us, email us, send us, um, DM us on our Instagrams. Pretty soon this will be up on iTunes as well. We'll be able to post that up. So check out our Instagram pages. Um, if you guys know anyone who's in trouble, um, we have some service lines for you guys to contact. So if you know anyone's in a crisis of any, of any kind, it's a crisistextline.org. Or you can text H-O-M-E to 741741. Um, it's like a suicide hotline for suicide, depression, eating disorders, anxiety, any kind of traumas or issues from the, or symptoms from those, from those um, ailments that you may have. Um, they have trained crisis counselors who help you uh, move from um, a, a hot moment to a cool moment. So you guys will be able to be in good hands. But if you guys reach out to friends and family who aren't, that you have, please love them, hold them, uh, support them. You don't have to say anything, you don't do anything. Just be there, support them, and love them. Let them know everything's okay, and we'll figure out a way to make things better. And imparting, like our famous, infamous Don Cornelius guys, Love, peace, and soul. Thank you, guys. You guys have a great rest of your day. Enjoy your beautiful Labor Day weekend.